Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. My guest today is someone I'm very excited, and I know those of you who listen to me are like, you get excited with every guest, Michael, but this one I'm really excited about because not only do we have a personal backstory connection, but I've been a personal um, customer of this gentleman and his business, and I cannot talk highly enough about what he does, what he organizes, and the difference it made in my life, and just a little chapter of it. So joining me today is Derek. Eels, and he is the president and co-founder of a company called Tendot. And uh, if you wonder what that means, I know he's going to tell a little bit about the story about that. And you'll go, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. But his company is not just about travel and not just about corporate meetings and not just about incentive programs, but it's about life changing opportunities. And I can guarantee you that for me and my experience with this company, it was absolutely life changing. So first of all, Derek, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Michael. Looking forward to it. It is so fun to have you. Uh, We'll get into a little bit of the backstory as we go along, but let me just throw it to you first. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your company, and your own words, and a little bit about how you like to shock your customers. So I think uh, as you look at 10Dot as a whole, the reason we exist is, is really to help strengthen human connections. And we happen to do that through creating memorable experiences. So I think, we, yes, we do travel. Yes, we do meetings. Yes, we do all those things that you alluded to earlier. But at the end of the day, we, we judge our, our KPIs and our success as an organization is, are we able to help people be more connected to one another after their experience with 10Dot than they were before? And so we've been very fortunate to operate some incredible, uh, incredible trips and, and great meetings all over the world. And, uh, and it's been really fun to see people come together, whether it's spouses, whether it's children with parents, and, and, and most importantly, probably organizations and their, their employees. So that's what we do. We take it uh, from, from the uh, macro with thousands of people at events all the way down to three people who uh, decided they wanted to go hike Machu Picchu and, and, uh, and experience all the luxury that, uh, that exists in Peru. So I, I think in your question to how do we shock our uh, customers, I, I think the, probably the biggest thing that we do is we're more, in, more inclined and more focused on helping add to people's bucket lists as opposed to helping them cross things off. There's a big wide world out there and we've been very fortunate to travel um, and experience and, and just be immersed in um, some things and places with people that we never expected to be. And it's those for the moment 
kind of experiences that, that carry, carry with you. So in terms of hard and fast or some strong examples, I think one of the things that we, we learned early on was uh, destinations that people may have some lack of familiarity or uh, some hesitation. Uh, the one that comes to mind is Cartagena, Colombia. Uh, many people would say, why would you ever go to Colombia? I got to tell you, if you haven't been, you should go check it out. It's an old walled city. It's absolutely beautiful. The people are spectacular. The food's excellent. And it's just not on anybody's, uh, on many people's list. And so having that experience and taking, um, in this instance, a corporate group there, it just kind of blowing their mind as it came to, oh my goodness, there's a destination I had no idea. I never even wanted to go to. And I'm now coming back saying, this was one of the best experiences I've, uh, I've ever had. That's phenomenal. And I think the other, a couple other examples, when we talk about how do we, how do we create these memorable experiences? You know, I don't think anybody on their, on their deathbed is saying, gee, I wish I worked more or bought more stuff, but everybody, everybody recounts stories and everybody recounts moments in their life that they hold true to them. And I think one of the things we just did earlier this year, that was a great experience. We were able to close down the Hermitage Museum in Russia for a gentleman and his wife, and they had an experience experience that very few people will ever uh, ever have the chance to do. And what's interesting is not only was it a cool experience, but he came back, wrote us a handwritten thank you note. And in his thank you note, he said, uh, we took this trip as husband and wife, and we came back stronger and better friends and, and uh, uh, having a stronger connection back to like when we were newlyweds. And at the end of the day, that's why we do what we do. That's amazing. What a, what a great tribute. And it's something that's much more than here's my five star rating. And, you know, we say wonderful things, but really to impact people's lives. And, you know, when we were speaking before we hit record, um, just for our, my listeners, we have a, a, a connection. So Derek's aunt uh, works with my husband. I'm good friends with her. We have this, you know, wonderful, uh, adventurous spirit between the three of us and we had they happened to have a, a meeting in Peru and of course I tagged along <laughs> and uh, we decided to add this adventure to Machu Picchu which was on my bucket list but was not on my husband's and nor was it really on Wendy's I think she wanted to go but not necessarily it wasn't earth shattering for her and not only was every step of the the entire trip just exquisitely planned out but you know when you said earlier for places that people might not think about going, someplace in Colombia that uh, you think, oh, you know, I don't know it, I wouldn't know how to navigate it. That's a little bit of how I felt going to Peru. And every step of the way, the people that we, you know, our handlers were phenomenal and they made us feel so welcome and made you feel like family. And every step of the way, we felt so cared for. So it was the sense of not just safety, like you're safe, physically, but you, it felt like being home. And in the end, our, our tour guide, I hate to use that term because he's so much more Diego, is now, it's like family. He's so important because of what he taught us and how he interacted with us and, and the experiences he gave us that were guided by what we wanted, but also what he knew and wouldn't let us miss out on any of those things. And so as I was telling you, as we watched the sunrise over Machu Picchu, and my husband later said, this was, had never been on my bucket list, and it should have been. And now I'm so thankful. And he sings the praises. As a, so it's exactly what you said, finding opportunities to add things to people's bucket lists that they never knew and have a long lasting impact. 
And I think it's awesome that you touched on on that family dynamic, right? So our one of our core values is is family by choice. And while I may have a small family, we have a extended family by choice, and we're very fortunate to be able to work with people both in terms of suppliers and tour guides as well as our customers that uh, and really prioritize that family first mentality. And I, I think, quite honestly, that's shocking to some people that when I, we have we have uh, vendors and or clients that come to uh, come to Lincoln to to see us, and their first question is always, "All right, great, what hotel should we stay at?" And our response is always, "Come stay at our house." And while that may make some people feel uncomfortable, that's the culture that we've created at, at, at Tendot, and again, not just for our customers but also for our vendor partners. That we're all in this together, and it takes all of us working in harmony and working together and pulling the right strings to deliver this once. A lifetime opportunity or once in a lifetime moment that you're going to have. So when I show up to your house to stay there, are you going to greet me with a welcome cocktail? <laughs> There'll be a bottle of Dom chilling in the uh, in the fridge. There'll be a red carpet out front and some stanchions, making sure that uh, that you're all set. We'll have the Africa Africa room all uh, set up and awaiting your arrival, guaranteed. <laughs> I love it. We uh, we kind of have the same mentality in my home where when people come to stay, we have slippers that we've taken from every hotel. So they all have their own slippers and we have little cocktail coupons to say these are redeemable at our bar in our house <laughs> just to make it something different and make you really try and feel welcome. I love that. <laughs> That's great. Well, so you have built this company. I know you had a background in meeting. Oh, oh hey, by the way, before I forget, you made a note about, you know, nobody wishes on their deathbed that they bought more things. But I noticed on notes about you in my intense research that you probably have as many pairs of shoes as I do. Well, my so. wife would say that's the truth. I don't know how many pairs you have, but, and I don't know whether cowboy boots count as shoes. So that's probably an important delineator. Absolutely. They count. I've got two beautiful pair and I'm ready for my third. Okay. Well, I can, I can help you out with that. We'll go, to, we'll, we'll go to Florida, we'll kill a gator, and then I got a guy in uh, Oklahoma City that uh, will help us, help us build a uh, pair of boots or two. No problem. I can wrestle it to the ground. Got it. <laughs> but I uh, that you build this company, you know, your background is in, you know, meeting and events, and I, and I love your concept of making this something that's truly a memorable experience that brings people together, which is very important for, you know, team, we call it, used to call it team building, but I think it's much more, especially in certain work environments that you need to really merge yourself together and have some common uh, backgrounds. But with anybody building a company, everybody has challenges. So I like to ask my, uh, my guests about what's one of the greatest challenges that you faced building this business and how did you either overcome it or you're trying to overcome it or you try it and you're still working on it? Yeah, great, uh, great question. I would say there's probably two things that come to mind, um, first and foremost. So doing in, incentive travel and meeting management exclusively at the time in the, in the corporate marketplace. In 2008, 2009, when the economy uh, sputtered, to say the least, we lost... I don't know the exact number, but well over well over 70 percent of our revenue in less than three months, and that was a huge challenge. And so, really, didn't know what we were going to do, and didn't know even if we would survive it. And it was one of those things. Somebody somebody remarked, "Oh, you're going to look back and laugh." Well, you know, we're ten years down the road. I'm still not I'm still not at that place. Maybe on my deathbed I'll get there, but I'm not there yet. But it was awful, and it was so. It was it was getting back to basics, and and unfortunately, we I own the, the the company with my brother at the time, and and we had to go office to office and first Monday uh, first Monday of the year and terminate every single person that worked for us, and it, it was awful. I mean, to this day, it was my worst 
professional experience in my life. And, and, and these folks had all worked exceptionally hard and done everything that we asked them to do. And unfortunately, due to, we can blame it on whatever else. I think at the end of the day, I have to take personal responsibility. And so, you know, through my lack of uh, successful planning and, and sales or, or business management, they were terminated. And, and so I think that was as bad as it was. I, I think one of the coolest silver linings that came out of it was that was Monday morning. And to a T, every single one of the uh, people that worked for us said, Derek, here's the deal. I can leave, but I have way too much institutional knowledge. I have way more knowledge than you have, and you're in trouble to say the least. They probably said a little bit more colorfully than that, <laughs> but you're in trouble if, if we leave. And so to a T, every single one of them worked the rest of the day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and full day Friday, um, unpaid to get us where we needed to be and have the opportunity to, to uh, be successful. Um, so I can't say enough about those folks that, that helped us do that. Um, and I think it also speaks to the, the culture and, and the type of family by choice that, that, that we create. So we got down to down to uh, brass tacks, and and Jeff and I, my brother, would meet in the meet in the uh, conference room at 7:30 a.m. every morning, and come up with our uh, to-do list. And there were hundreds of things on the to-do list every day, and that's what had to be done. And we divide and conquered, and and off we went. And came in Tuesday morning and start all over again. Wednesday the same. So it was just day by day. It was kind of uh, you know very similar to hiking Machu Picchu that we 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 referenced earlier. I'm scared to death of heights, and all I could do was left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And I think it's a really good parallel for what we experienced in the late 2000s, where all we could do was left foot, right foot, to do list debt today, what do we have to do today to get to us, get through to tomorrow. So that was that was tough. We were uh, fortunate, we were able to uh, at least make offers to all of the people to bring them back as we came out of the downturn. Um, so I think that was all's well that ends well. But uh, like I say, I'm still not ready to look back and laugh. The other story I guess I would recount is, as I mentioned, I started the company with my brother. And in 2014, we went through a, I like to call it a corporate divorce. And uh, <laughs> he uh, got into a car accident, decided uh, he wanted to prioritize seeing his, his son grow up and, and uh, not seeing the world. And uh, so we had a decision to make. And, and ultimately, uh, it took about six months to put all the pieces together. And, and we were able to do that. And, and, and looking and talking to other entrepreneurs and particularly other partnerships, I'm so blessed at, at the way we were able to work through it. We had a trusted financial advisor that really helped us um, with a lot of the nuts and bolts. Uh, and we got to a place where you know, here we are four years later. He's still uh, still one of my best friends in the world. I see him every other uh, every other week, if not every week, and uh, still somebody I travel with, still somebody that uh, is a confidant. So uh, I, I think that speaks volumes of not only who we are as people, but I guess I should give uh, give credit where credit is due to my parents for raising us right and even going through hell, coming out the other side and, and really strong, maybe even stronger spot from a sibling relationship and a, and, a, and a friendship, partnership relationship than we'd ever had before. Well, I really appreciate your humbleness and your honesty with it. But I think the realistic part of that is your 2008 hit, not only hit everybody hard, but people in the meeting industry in particular and travel industry were hit substantially. Because if you're worried about paying your mortgage, you're not talking about going on a trip. And you're certainly, if you're worrying about having to lay off other employees, you're certainly not talking about incentive programs or large scale meetings. And from a speaker's point of view, you know, there's a huge hit to that, to that, uh, that event where, you know, mm -hmm. who's going to hire me to speak when 
you know, they've got to keep things going. So it, it hit everybody in every industry in a different way. And the fact that your employees said, hey, you know what, let's, I know this sucks, I hate it, but you know, we're going to help you get through the next spot. That tells a lot about you and your company and your organization and your mantra that you really live what you're trying to, uh, trying to bring out to the rest of the world as well. Yeah, it's really tough to uh, tell somebody what they should do if you're not willing to demonstrate and, and, and exhibit those same behaviors. So we've, we've, we've been fortunate. And ultimately, that's the reason that, that uh, I decided to be an entrepreneur. I wanted an organization that was exactly squared with my core beliefs. And, and I'm going to find people that share in those same core beliefs as uh, partners and, and employees, as customers and vendors. And at the end of the day, if we all make it a 10 dot day and choose to uh, have a positive impact on yourself and your family and your companies and your communities, we'd live in a much more decent society. This is a, a fabulous conversation on many levels. And one thing I wanted to reflect on again with your last story about the struggle of, you know, this downtime and, and having to lay people off and then moving forward as you were referencing taking one step at a time, one step forward. And I know I told you, I, I much more enjoyed traveling up the road to Machu Picchu in the van rather than having to hike it. So I'm very impressed that you did that for four days. <laughs> but when you face that, that cliff and you're looking over the side and you no, I can't stop. And to your point before we were recording, I can't be the one that has to have be airlifted out of here because I'm nervous about it. You know, I think for many leaders, it's important to realize that there are so many days that you just have to slap the smile on and you have to get down and you have to do the work that maybe you don't want to do and maybe you're not even the best at doing. But in order to get through tough times and transitions, if you're not willing to do that, then how can you expect it of other people? And it, it's a hard place to be in. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly, you're exactly right. I just think that, you know, there's a gap between what people may pay lip service to and what people are actually willing to do. And let's be honest, right? We, we have an incentive travel company and, and, and if the incentive isn't tough to achieve, then, then it's probably not, the, the metrics probably aren't correct. So we want, we're, we're encouraging people. We want to put, we want to create the most exclusive, most unique, most dynamic carrot that anybody's ever seen so that people are willing to get up and be in the office at 7.30 in the morning making, making sales calls or stay in the office on Friday afternoon, getting a few, uh, few last things finished up and, and done. So if all of those things are embedded into the culture of what we're trying to sell and bring and, and the accountability that we're bringing to our, our client partners, then we have to be willing to do the same. And, and, and that's not every day. We can't, every day is not going to be perfect. We're, I'm not a Pollyanna, but I do think that it's a, it's a choice that each one of us have to make and saying, okay, today, either I'm going to, I'm going to choose to have a positive impact, or I'm going to kind of go back and, and, and live in this life's coma, as we like to call it, where you get up and you go to work and you do your deal and you come home and you have dinner. And, and if that's intentional, great congratulations. And, and that's wonderful. But for anybody who really wants to leave a legacy, whoever somebody wants to make a mark, if anybody wants to boldly make decisions, you have to be intentional about it. And, and you can't just let life pass you by, right? I'm sure your listeners have, have heard days go slow and years go fast. And, and I think that's so key uh, for all of us. We get 24 hours today and we all have the same amount of time. Who's going to use it the most effectively? And who's going to do it with a smile? And who's going to enjoy what they're doing? And if you're not, change it. 
And it's so funny, when I was leading um, the last two positions that I had before I left corporate America, it, I was leading huge sales organizations. And I would always, when I'd bring people in or I'd be on conference calls, I'd say, okay, now our goal is to make sure that every single one of you, the moment you wake up, you cannot wait to get to work. You're so excited. And they're all looking at me like, you know, what are you smoking at this point in time in the day? And like, Michael, that's unrealistic. Who wants to, who wants to go to work that you know, way? And, you know, who, who's ever going to feel that way about work? And my response was always, well, just because it might not be 100% achievable, why wouldn't we strive for that? Why wouldn't you want to find a way to enjoy what you're doing so much that you get pleasure out of doing it? And that doesn't mean to the complete uh, ignorance of your family or your personal life or, you know, you're not leaving those things behind. But for the moments and the hours that we are at work, why not find ways to make it so enjoyable? And especially if you have something to look forward to or something you're striving for, I'm a really competitive person. So I'm thinking, gosh, for all the companies I work with, why did I not ever have an opportunity to win an incentive trip to go to Peru? <laughs> you know? I know How a guy who can help me out with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> and as I build my team, I'm thinking, I think that's probably one of the things I need to say is what's it going to be when we hit this milestone? So the brain is going. But it's, it is important that we strive for that because if we're not, then, then what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah, and it's a personal personal choice. Personal accountability is, is is paramount. So if you're not happy or if you can't find enjoyment, then you need to make a change. And it's not up to anybody else to make a change. It's up to you make, to make the change that you need for your life and your business and your family. Absolutely. So I like to ask my guests a couple questions. And because I focus between my writing and my speaking, my training on excellence in leadership, sales, and customer experiences, and I only highlight the positive because I think it's important that we look at the positive. It's too easy to find the negative. I always ask everybody, what's the best example of leadership, sales, or a customer experience that you've been the recipient of that impacts you and that impacts the way that you operate in your company? Well, I would say um, uh, the one purely tactical, but that really just shocked the hell out of me was I walked in to a uh, luxury hotel at one point. We were considering doing some business with them. And I walked into my, my room after a long day of traveling and took a look at the bed. And on both pillowcases were monogrammed pillowcases that had heels written on them. That was a, wow. that was a pretty cool experience. And, and, and so I think, you know, devil's in the details, right? What did it cost them? 50 bucks um, to do something like that. But, the, but, but here we are seven, eight years later, and, and I'm still talking about an unbelievable example of customer experiences walking in and saying, holy cow, they took the time to go the extra mile and do something for me. Uh, no surprise they won the business. Right, so we've then taken that. We've we've been uh, fortunate to replicate that. I think uh, R and D is important in a lot of what we uh, what we do, and most people would think that's research and development. We say it's rip off and duplicate. So, uh, <laughs> so I will uh, take that experience and try to provide that to our uh, to our customers. And it's amazing every single time um, we've done it. The the reviews have been been off the charts. So I think that's that's uh, that's pretty cool. Another uh, another example I would say from a leadership side 
um, is a uh, colleague of mine in, in uh, one of my entrepreneur uh, forums had uh, introduced me to this uh, program called Traction or the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And for us, um, the pre premise of the, the, the book and the program is that there's a lot of great small organizations that the challenge they have to scale is lack of processes and procedures. And, and so we've embarked in this uh, program for oh, probably four or five years now. And, uh, and it's really just completely revolutionize the way that we do business. So we, we operate in 12 week sprints or quarterly, uh, quarterly goals. Um, we have weekly check-ins for every, uh, every single person at every single level of the organization. So it really brings that accountability to the forefront. So people aren't as, as able to hide or to skirt the responsibility or, and it's not meant to, it's not meant in a negative fashion, but rather if we can help hold each other accountable, that also means we can support one another way more successfully than we can if we don't really know what each other's doing. So um, that's been a huge, huge boon for our, uh, for our organization. And I think we'll continue, continue to be as we, as we move forward and continue to grow. Well, and we know that the psychological implications of having those short-term wins, the little things that you achieve individually and you achieve as a team, has a profound impact on our desire to continue to achieve, especially within an organization. So I think that's very smart. Yeah. And I think the other uh, couple other uh, examples for you, again, one more, more tactical would be Borsheim's, which is a jewelry store owned by Berkshire Hathaway in Omaha, Nebraska. And I had gone to get, my, get a watch fix there. 15 years ago, something like that. And this woman in the watch department followed up consistently for no, I, I only have one watch that I bought there. There's only, there's only so much business and watch repair is not their high market or high dollar, <laughs> high margin business. And yet this woman went above and beyond the call, call of duty again and again and again. And 10 years to the day after I walked in, she sent me a picture on her, uh, on, on her uh, desk. She had one of our 10 dot day cards that says when one awakens and chooses to have a positive impact on themselves, their family, their company, and their community. 10 years after the, to the day after I walked in there, I'm like that's pretty darn good customer, uh, customer service and customer experience. Well, you better go buy something. Recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you need her on your team. <laughs> We're working on it. But go buy some more jewelry from her. <laughs> <laughs> my wife thanks you for that comment. Exactly. No, no. Your wife gave me to And the other, uh, you know, I think the other thing that's really helped and changed the dynamic of, of, of leadership is is uh, entrepreneurship groups that I've I've been involved from YPO and EO and you know there's others Vistage and and uh, many others out there CEO. But I think that that's really enabled me to change my leadership style um, and really have. A, a cohort of folks that um, are going through some a lot of the same challenges and and uh, hurdles that that we are and and they may be macro they may be micro but a lot of times as as an entrepreneur you kind of feel like you're one one man or one woman show and all decisions flow back to you and you may have a great leadership team we're very fortunate to have a great leadership team have great accountability but at the end of the day the, the, the ultimate decision still still resides with you. And there's some tough decisions that have to be made. So I think organizations like that, that I've been a part of, have, have really made a difference in, in my personal uh, leadership growth. I agree, because you can't, uh, you know, you can't only do everything on, on your own, but you also only have so much knowledge. And so I keep thinking the, the statement that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I 100% agree with that. 
So I love that. Excellent. Well, we're getting close to the end. So knowing all that you know now and looking back over the tra trajectory of your career and building your business, if you could go back at any point in time and talk to the younger Derek at any point in time, what point in time would that be? And what would you tell him that would shock your potential farther, faster, or have kept you on the exact same path? I always like to say that I live with no regrets. So I don't know that there's any piece of advice. Are there, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I also think those, those mistakes were really good learning opportunities. And so I, this may not be the answer that you want, but I would rather fail, fall on my face and, and learn something from it and not do it continually after that, as opposed to being, have, having somebody pull me, pull me up the first time. If I, can't, if I can't find a way to pick myself up, there's no way in hell anybody else is going to do it. So I just, I don't know that I would, I don't know that I would change anything. I might give myself some knowledge that, uh, you know, being married really is a cool, uh, cool thing. Having kids is amazing. Uh, I never would have believed that in my 20s either of those things in my 20s. And, and they brought me immense joy and, and, and brought me a whole new, whole new paradigm from which I can, I can view the world. But from a business perspective, make more sales and be more judicious with, uh, with expenses. Uh, I think any entrepreneur can, can, uh, can say that. And maybe try to, try to uh, restrain my ADD or ADHD a little bit more in the opening uh, opening uh, get go of of, uh, of the company and be a little bit more focused on um, what's going to move the needle today and this quarter and, and and this year as opposed to always trying to chase the shiny object. <laughs> I but there's understand been some that. fun shiny objects. I got to be honest. <laughs> well, especially with what you do, of course there are. <laughs> Well, and you know, there's no real answer I'm looking for. It's always wonderful to get people's thoughts. And one thing that I heard from someone about a year and a half ago, so I'd like to give her credit, but she doesn't even know where she got it. And I can't even remember her name. She was a speaker at a, at a conference and she said, no one, it's only a mistake if you do it more than once. In other words, the same thing. It's if you mistake and you learn from it or you adapt from it, it's great. But if you consciously do something that is not to the right benefit of you more than once, then yeah, you're making some stupid mistakes. So the rest of it is all about how we embrace it, how we learn it, uh, you know, how we how we uh, hold it, how we learn from it, and where we take it in terms of our moving forward. Yeah, and I think the other thing that I was fortunate fortunate to learn and experience at a young age is that there's not only is there a big wide world out there, but there's a lot of different ways to experience that world. And and so I probably focus a little bit too much on the whole carpe diem idea of uh, if I can do something tomorrow, well, why not do it today? Uh, much to the chagrin of our, our leadership team. But I think the, uh, you know, having, having those experiences and, and whether they're luxury for, for us, since we're in the luxury space, was very beneficial to be a teenager and be able to fly on a private plane or, or go to sell, sell enough candles door to door that I could go scuba diving in, in, in Belize. Whatever it, whatever it was that we were able to game the system or, or uh, have, play the game um, to the best of my ability was, I think, probably very formative for, for me as I, as I got into this business and, and uh, continue to look for not just destinations, not just hotels, but what's the experience. And that experience could be here in, here in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, could be anywhere in the world. Well, you know, Nebraska, it's not for everyone. <laughs> to get that in there <laughs> i tell you this this slogan really is working 
first first it's on Stephen Colbert, and then it's and then it's on Michael Sherlock's podcast. But what more could we ask for? Exactly, so, I know. You can leave it up to you which one of those is more important. <laughs> Michael, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> well, I know that we're going to have all of your contact information on the website. But in case somebody's listening and they want to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to learn about you and your company? 10.travel.com, T-E-N-D-O-T, travel.com. And quickly, tell us a little bit about why you're named 10 Dot, please. Uh, that's a great story. We, uh, um, so when we started the company, I was working for another meeting management company. We were doing an event um, for IBM. One of their uh, senior executives got up in front of a bunch of a uh, bunch of his cohorts and and said, "You got to think outside the box and be creative." And and uh, I thought that was very atypical from from an IBM perspective of the late '90s when it was much less consultative than it is now, much more staid and rigor. And and so we were walking to a meeting afterwards, and I said, "What? How does that apply in a in 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 your world?" And he said, well, "I don't, I don't, I don't. Basically, I don't know." And, and so I immediately got on the phone with my brother and I said, listen, we have to find some way to give people the action steps. How do they, how do they think outside the box? How do they think differently? How do they improve their performance through, through incentive travel or through meeting management or whatever the case is? And so we came up with this, uh, this puzzle. My father had used it in the talk he had given um, many moons before. And uh, there's, a, there's a puzzle. It's also on our website to connect nine dots with four straight lines without picking up your pen. The only way to do that is go outside the box. And if you do it correctly, there's an arrow that, uh, that appears that points to us at the 10th dot. I love it. It's, it's really something that I know we've all uh, done that many, well, not everybody maybe, but most people have done that exercise. And it really does uh, prompt you to think beyond. And as you were talking, I was going to just share one last quick um, story from my point. You know, when we did this uh, adventure in Peru, and I know I'm going to say the name of the name incorrectly, but it was in Cusco and it was uh, the Belmond uh, Palacio Nazarenas. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the monastery, but the other one. And one of the most incredible things I thought was on the doors, instead of that, you know, the little sign that says, do not disturb or please make up my room, they have these little dolls. And one little doll looks like a maid and one little one thing is like a little bed with two little heads in it sleeping. And I just thought it was so whimsical and it was so beautiful and so unique. And of course we could buy them. So of course I had to buy them and I have them hanging on uh, doors of our guest rooms in the house. But it was that moment where I remember looking at that as we got in there and we'd had just a wonderful trip on the train. You know, we'd just come down off the high of Machu Picchu, but just such a little attention to detail, much like having monogrammed pillowcases with your name on it. Those little elements that really say, Somebody cared enough to do one extra step, one thing that makes this different and unique. And fortunately, all those experiences, I've had many, many of those, but that felt like a different kind of coming home. It felt like being in a beautiful hotel, but with a piece of whimsy that made it feel like somebody's home. And those are the things you remember that change change your landscape. Absolutely. So before we wrap up, any last uh, words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners? Um, you know, I, I guess I would just say one of the things, one of the reasons I think we've been most successful um, is, is we continue to hearken back to our why. Why do, we, why do we exist, right? We may do any number of things. We may create a 
uh, a mystery trip. We may go to Cartagena. We may send people to Peru. Um, we can do a lot of different different things. But at the end of the day, I think it all has to come back to why do we exist and keeping that for, at, at the forefront. And that's not just lip service, but that's every every week we measure our our, our team members' passion and energy score. We 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 measure the number of core value uh, mentions and or experiences that 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 we had every single week. And and so I think that. Uh, that culture that we've built in this family by choice really resonates and maybe it, it won't work for all of your listeners, but um, I do think that that's been the key to our success and would highly encourage everybody to get hyper-focused on their why. So what's pretty simple uh, after that, and it really doesn't matter the, the, the what, because as long as you're you stay true to your core, core beliefs and find suppliers and partners and employees and vendors and customers that all jive well with, uh, with, with those core values, you're a, you're going to be successful, and B, you're going to have a hell of a lot more fun. I agree. Derek, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. Best of luck to you. Make it a 10 day. Thank you. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shock your potential podcast dot com.